politics, sports, movies. You are listening to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show, and thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking the show out. If you're a return listener, thanks for coming back and continuing to listen. The show is available on the following podcasting apps. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. If you listen to the podcast using one of these apps, please click subscribe, and this will allow you to receive notifications when new episodes are uploaded. This podcast covers three different subjects, sports, movies, and politics. Each episode is dedicated to one of these topics. You can follow the show on social media. The handle for Twitter is at BendYourEarPod. This is also the handle for Instagram. If you want to email the show, the email is BendYourEarPodcast at gmail.com. If you're not using a podcasting app to listen to the show, you can always get episodes directly from the website, which is www.LetMeBendYourEar.com. All right, welcome to the show. We're going to be talking some football today. I've got uh, Chad on the show. He's been on a couple of times before. This is actually going to be a companion to our episode last year regarding uh, Winston versus Mariota. So if you listen to that episode, you know that uh, Chad's favorite team is the Tennessee Titans, and my favorite team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they got new quarterbacks five seasons ago, both in the same draft. Uh, Winston went number one. Mariota went right after and uh, it's been interesting to watch both of their careers, how they've progressed or regressed, depending on your opinion. So I wanted to get Chad back on because obviously with this offseason going on, a lot of things happen with both teams and with both quarterbacks. So kind of want to get into that. So, Chad, before we get started there, um, tell them about your podcast because obviously you've been podcasting much longer than I have. Tell them about your podcast and where they can listen to it. Yeah, thanks, Ray. Uh, our podcast is Sports Car Unleashed. We are a by the title, we focus on sports car racing in the United States and throughout Europe, all the major series. It's a friend of mine who lives up in Massachusetts. Uh, we've been doing this together for about, oh, God, closing in on 10 years now. And then about four years ago, we added in a, a driver who had been a frequent guest of ours named Owen Trinkler, who actually drives in the series, was a champion in 2018. And just talking about all things sports car with each other, so our wives don't have to listen to us drone on about that. But um, yeah, we've been doing it for a while. We have all sorts of access to the series that we cover and put out a show about every week or so. It's a little bit slower now with the lack of news, but we are on iTunes. We post shows on our Facebook page, which is Sports Car Unleashed. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We are on Instagram, and it's all under Sports Car Unleashed. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of you – know, you love to talk about the things that you love so much like this. So it's it's a good time. Yeah, that's great. I highly recommend this this podcast. Uh, Chad and his and his friends have actually really gotten some very good access to some of the circuits that they cover, uh, and they really have great guests on there. They talk to drivers, owners. Uh, it's really an inside looking uh, inside look at that uh, circuit that they cover. So I would highly recommend that they get some great guests on their podcast. All right, so let's get into um, Winston versus Mariota. Where I wanted to start was let's kind of start with with Marcus Mariota. I know when we did our last show, I want to kind of start with the end. I know at the end um, of the last show I had asked you what you thought of the chances of Mariota versus Winston moving forward with their teams, re-signing since they were in the last year of their contracts, and you were of the opinion that Mariota would have the better chance uh, than Winston. And my response, as I remember, was, I was 50-50 on Winston, whether he was going to stay with the Bucks or not. 
and uh, we'll get into Winston a little bit later. But I want to start with Mariota, kind of since you watch the Titans and you follow them, kind of break down his season because obviously his season was cut short uh, due to being replaced. But what happened leading up to that, the first few games that he started, kind, kind of get into that. What, what was performance like that led to the ultimate decision to replace him? I think just massive inconsistencies. The um, the offense could have explosive games, um, and I think back to you know the opening week against Cleveland, where they put up forty something points. Our defense scored a couple of those, um, and then fantastic against Atlanta a couple weeks later. But they were just no offensive production. They were bottom five in the league in yards, scoring, and time of possession, and everything that they could do wrong. They did wrong. Uh, it just wasn't clicking. It's. It, I kind of go back to his second year when he got hurt against Jacksonville at the end of the year. He was having a real good second season, starting to look like it was clicking. He gets hurt, and I don't think he was ever the same. And it just he never got over that sort of hump. He always seemed tentative. He was just – I think he was the anti-Jameis. He would never seem to be willing to put a ball in there with even percent chance of an interception, it felt like. So – I think it just was his downfall. He just was played so conservatively. You never saw his athleticism. You never he, the the intelligence that he has. It just sounded like he was always thinking, and it just never flowed for him. And, and do you yeah. think? And I know his athleticism was something out of college that was highly touted. Mm-hmm. Do you think the injuries were a, a factor in his reticence to be more aggressive, or was it even when he was healthy? Uh, was the aggressiveness there? Was was it directly related to his injuries, or do you think it was unrelated? No, I, it's a great question, and I don't think so. Just because if you watched um, the 2018 season when they were in the playoffs, and he's making some key blocks, you know, on running plays that sealed the game against Kansas City in the playoffs, and he would throw his body out there. I I kind of put a lot of blame on Mike Malarkey. He, you know, I listened to the press conferences, and he was so. He just drilled into, you know, don't make mistakes, no turnovers, like take a sack or throw it away, but don't turn the ball over. It seemed like he just took all the gunslinger mentality out of him. Like he was just so opposed to anything potentially going wrong that he missed out on 10 plays that could go right. Right. And I know watching football as long as I've had and and you've played and watched it, I know it's always, it's never as simple as it's all the quarterback's fault. And like you said, you brought up Mike Malarkey. And I know, you know, Mike Rabel, I'm sure. Um, from where he played, and I think his philosophy, and you can correct me, it, it seems like he's looking for a run first, play really good defense, and take chances when they're there type of offense. Um, and I uh, think that's worked for them. And I think, you know, we can talk about Ryan Tannehill a little bit once they made the change, and, and it, it seemed to spark the offense. And Ryan Tannehill, ironically, obviously being in Miami all those years, um, it's kind of I almost comparing to Marriott a little bit because he was a high draft pick and he had flashes where he played really good football and then other times where it didn't look so good. So he's kind of had that kind of inconsistent career as well. So I found it interesting and kind of ironic that he goes to Tennessee. Now, granted, he's a veteran. He's played for a while. And then it just when he came in, it almost appeared to me, and I didn't watch the Titans games, but even just watching highlights, it literally seemed to me that when he went in there, it instantly clicked. And, of course, I watched the Bucks game that they uh, – that the the Titans beat the Bucks, so I saw that game from beginning to end, and it just seemed like it really clicked with Tannehill the second he came in there. Yeah, and I think he kind of had that mindset, like he's been, that, you know, like you're saying, the high draft pick. He sporadically could play great and then just play horrible. I think he he'd been through it all already. There was, 
He'd been to the highs. He'd been to the very bottom where, I mean, literally the Dolphins were playing more of his salary for the Titans you know, when he played for the Titans last year than the Titans did. So I don't know how much more your ego can take. So he just sort of had that screw it. I'm going to throw the ball in there. He played as loose as I've ever seen that dude play because I've seen a lot of Dolphins games. My wife, you know, Sanders, she loved the fish. So I see him play all the time, and I've never seen him play that way. It's just he was loose and having fun, and it just it was easy. Like, that's the talent that everybody saw that made him a top ten pick. I... No, absolutely. And, and like I said, yeah, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and yet Marcus, he never got that back. And, you know, you, you go back, and see, I, I watch a lot of Titans games, and, and my oldest son and I, we'd watch a game when they would be, would be broadcast on TV, and we could call it the plays before they were actually running them. By the formation, like, oh, it's going to be a dive to the left, dive to the right. I mean, as a, you know, I'm a good fan, but I'm not in the know. But if I can call plays, I can't imagine what the defensive coordinators are thinking. Like, really? You're not even going to try to hide it? And just, yeah, it was, it was their downfall. Surprising they made the playoffs. That may have been the worst thing that they could have done because the inevitable prolonged out even further. Yeah, and it's it's and it's crazy when Tannehill came in and then they just kind of went on that run. And like I said, I I think, uh, and we talked about this last year, and you had brought up uh, how happy you were uh, overall with Rabel as a head coach. And and yeah. and from what I can see in the way that team plays and watching them in the playoffs, because obviously I didn't see Titan games. Uh, except the one against the Buccaneers, but then I obviously saw the playoff games, and what I saw was a hard-nosed, tough, physical, kind of old-school football team, From which actually gave me memories of when I used to watch football back in the day. Obviously, the game is a lot more finesse now, a lot more passing. Uh, the the you know that that vertical game is more uh, inherently popular now uh, in in football. So, kind of seeing the Titans was kind of a throwback to me, and it was fun to watch because it was basically, you know, Travis Henry running his you know, running his ass off, the defense playing physical, um, just really just a just a team that has the personality of their coach. And I think, you know, I, I remember watching him play, and that doesn't really surprise me. So I think the future is bright for them. Um, now, I know, they re- I know they signed Tannehill. They decided not to go after Tom Brady or other quarterbacks and stick with him. Uh, so I'm sure they figured if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we'll see how he does the second season in, in this offense. But I think uh, the future is looking pretty good for them. I mean, they got a really good football team. Yeah, I think they're on that cusp. Of, you know, another player or two, and it's if they can get off to a good start, they might actually get a home playoff game. I think that would be huge for the the organization. It would be nice. Been waiting for a long time for one of them Super Bowls. And no, I hear you. I hear you, man. <laughs> I hear you. And and before we move off, Mariota, what do you think of him? So now, obviously, he became a free agent. Uh, they let him go to free agency, and he ended up signing with all people, John Gruden, with Las Vegas. So what do you think is going to happen there? Because the interest for me, the Las Vegas situation is kind of interesting. You know, knowing John Gruden from coaching the Raiders and, of course, coaching the Buccaneers, uh, and the whole saying that somebody said, I forgot the quote is, but, you know, John Gruden dates a lot of quarterbacks. He doesn't marry one. Yeah. Uh, he's he, – doesn't he's never seems to be happy with the quarterback that he had, and I can attest to that. I mean, he wasn't happy with Brad Johnson, the quarterback that he took and won a Super Bowl with. So he's never happy. And Derek Carr to me is interesting as well. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's probably a second tier starting quarterback, but it always seems to me that Gruden is not happy with him at all. So I honestly think that Mariota, if he does what he does, and if Derek Carr struggles in any way, 
I think he may have a good chance at some point to end up starting there. What do you think? Yeah, I, I remember Gruden was one of the ones really enamored with Marcus during the whole draft process that year. Um, loves his mobility and his abilities. It's how he's going to fit in that system. That, that'll be tough. It's I mean, that, that's been Marcus's biggest downfall is in his five years in Tennessee, he had four offensive coordinators, four new systems. You just – he never had that time to develop and cement in. I mean, he he was with the franchise when at the tail end of them just being horrid and wretched for a while. And I think he was a big factor in them turning it around and you know making them not an upper echelon, but now a good, strong, acceptable you know not even acceptable, just respectable um, institution there. And I know he can do it with Gruden, but man, you're right, Gruden beats up quarterbacks something fierce and. Mariota's got that very calm, very chill sort of demeanor, but I think a lot of people mistake that because he is as competitive a guy as there is on the football field. It's just can Gruden unlock that part in his brain that lets him play football and have fun and be loose again? Because you can see that Marcus Mariota version, this guy could still be an all-star. He's got the potential. It's just can he be in the right situation? Yeah, it's funny you, you talk about his chill personality, and, and I know a lot of times people take that, especially in comparing Mariota to Jameis. And I think because uh, I know when the Bucks were drafting that year, I know I know they weren't they weren't automatically going to pick Jameis. I think they honestly did an assessment of both quarterbacks, and I do think that his demeanor scared off the Bucks a little bit. I, I think they loved everything else about him, but I think what they loved about Jameis is that he was kind of an, kind of an alpha guy. And, and was aggressive, and they liked that. And I think with Mariota, from what I've heard, everybody in that locker room and the, the Titans loved him. He yeah. was a, a leader in the sense that he wasn't a rah-rah guy, but he was a guy that commanded respect in the locker room. And um, like I said, to your point, I think um, hopefully maybe this second team, maybe he'll be able to adjust somewhat, not fundamentally change, because I know players know when you're when you're phony. But I think maybe this this new lease on life in a different team, maybe he'll adjust to the point where he's like, you know what, you know, I'm going to take what's mine. Or maybe like you said, maybe he ends up being like Tannehill. Maybe he just lets go of anything that's bothering him and he just plays loosey-goosey and goes, you know what, I'm a backup. If I have a chance to start again, I'm not going to let it go and I'm just going to do what I need to do. Uh, so maybe that's what ends up happening if he ends up starting in, in Las Vegas. It, all the talent, everything is there. It's just, you know, you, you and I have talked about this for years. It's not, you know, Tom Brady couldn't have won six Super Bowls with any franchise. You've got to be the right player in the right system with the right surrounding talent. So I, I've i never liked the Raiders a day in my life, but I'm kind of a, a little bit of a Vegas fan now just because of him because I want to see that dude succeed probably more than anybody in the NFL at this moment. Hey, look, and all you have to do is look to the guy that replaced him, and, and, and it's happened all around the league. Look, it happened with Carson Palmer. It happened with, with, with Tannehill. Shit, it happened with Brad Johnson. I mean, Brad Johnson, when he got to the books, that was his third team. Yeah. Rich you Gannon. Know? Look what Gruden did with him. Yeah, with Rich Gannon, MVP. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, there's precedent for it, and it can be done. And he's, and, he's, and he's just matured. And I think, like I said, I think he, like you said, he's got a good head on his shoulder. So hopefully he, he takes, he takes this, this setback and then uses it to fuel um, him in the future. So that'll be something to watch. And, look, they're going to be in Las Vegas. That should be interesting to watch the Raiders in Las Vegas. For some reason, that just fits to me. They seem yeah, like the right thing to be in Las Vegas. <laughs> There's no other franchise that fits that any better than you know, no, I think it's, Oakland. 
<laughs> exactly. It's going to be a beautiful. I mean, I feel bad for the fans of Oakland. I hate to see them lose that team, uh, those crazy fans. Uh, but I think a lot of them are going to make that trip to Las Vegas. So. Yeah. All right, so let's get to my boy, Jameis Winston. So, obviously, as with everything with Jameis, uh, an interesting season, to say the least. So, obviously, uh, the Bucks fire Dirk Cutter and bring in Bruce Arians out of retirement uh, to coach this team. So, obviously – the attractiveness of bringing Bruce in is his uh, ability to get the best out of quarterbacks and just the quarterbacks he's worked with, which is insane when you think about it. I mean, he's worked with Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer, and um, Ben Roethlisberger, among others, and uh, has done wonders. And his offenses have been dynamic. Uh, his time in Arizona, other than the last season he was there, uh, was great. He was coach of the year twice, once in, in, in Indianapolis when he took over for Pagano and Pagano became ill and then uh, again in Arizona so I was very excited to get him here uh the staff that he brought here I was a little concerned that he was gonna have Brian Byron Leftwich call plays but I ended up actually thinking he did a wonderful job calling plays this year uh but of course Jameis did what Jameis always does and this is what makes him so frustrating I, I think he's a supremely talented quarterback with a Achilles heel that proved to be his downfall and obviously his statistics just alone dictate that the, the the dichotomy with this guy so he basically leads the league in passing throws over 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns which if you take that minus anything else you would sign that quarterback to a long-term extension all day and twice on Sunday with those numbers alone yeah. but you got to throw in the league leading 30 interceptions I like how you said throw in. That's very well done, sir. Yeah, or throw in his face, throw to the linebacker that always seemed to pick off one of those passes. So let's get into Jameis. So basically, this season was a, was a roller coaster for me. I mean, it was the and and a lot of it. The beginning of the season, not all of it Jameis's fault. The Buccaneers' defense was garbage for the first eight games. It was absolute trash. So I don't care if Jameis threw zero intercept now. Some of those interceptions cost them games, but a lot of those games were done, done in by the defense. You can make the argument that his interceptions put the defense in a lot of bad situations, and I would agree with that somewhat, but that defense was horrible. It took Todd Bowles half the season. The second half of the season, though, it was like night and day. And uh, they got on a little run there at the end. But I think what did Jameis in was he had, he had a good run of about five games so they were 7-7 seven and seven with two games left to go, and, and James played horrible the last two games. And I think at that point, that sealed his fate. What do you think about James this year as far as what you were able to see? I don't know how many Bucks games you saw or didn't see. What, what did you think of his performance this year? You were wowed on almost every throw, good or bad. Um, he just – I <laughs> – if you combined Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, I think you've got the ideal quarterback. But it's almost like the movie Twins where they split up with the genetic codes in each one. And not that one is perfect and one is garbage. It's just they're almost just polar opposites of just the mindsets and the way they play. It's I mean, I've seen throws and just his pocket elusiveness that is just it, – it wows you. And then the very next play, he just – it's the most boneheaded move that you've ever seen. It's like – He's not a Bucks fan myself, but just watching someone say, wow, how do you do that, both in the positive and the negative? And it would just – you're right. It had to be the most frustrating thing to see. It's And I know Arian's offense is really complicated. And, you know, 
a lot of it can be attributed to receivers, but, you know, 30 interceptions, yes, but how many more fumbles? I mean, God, you take just a couple of those away, they're 10 and 6. Even with all that, they're still in the playoffs. And it's, you know, the whole free agency, I, I've been wondering, it's if Tom Brady wasn't available, I wonder, would Jameis still be there? And I, I kind of think he might. No, you're absolutely no. That's an excellent no. You that's an excellent point, and you're absolutely correct. And it's funny you say that because, as the season, you know, as Jameis Winston's career has been consistently maddening and frustrating as a fan, you know, after the first half of the season, I'm like, I, he's got to go, he's got to go. Yeah. And then, and this is just me, not even listening to other opinions. And they got on that that hot streak. The defense got better, and he started to play better. He cut down on the on the interceptions. He was making good decisions with the football. And I'm like, okay, maybe. And then I, I went from get rid of him to kind of dating him but not marrying him, to, to coin John Gruden phrase. I thought what they should have done before he the last two games of the season, I figured what was going to happen was they were either going to tag him, franchise tag him, pay him for the one year, and give him one more year to see what Bruce Arians could do. That's where I was leaning. I was like, you know what, if they decide to keep him, I think that's a safe bet because it's, I don't know the, the the quarterbacks in this draft where the Bucks were going to pick in the draft. I don't think they were going to have a chance to get a great quarterback. So I'm like, I'm okay with keeping him one more year and then either drafting a quarterback this year or drafting a quarterback next year. Yeah. That's where I was. I went from completely getting him off the team to keeping him because at the end of the day, the dude threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. That's not numbers you can just easily replace with some dude off the street. Yeah, there's not a lot of guys who've done that. Exactly, and, and and it was crazy, and to your point, and I think you're absolutely correct, and when I was listening to either, you know, the NFL writers that cover the Buccaneers or insider information, they basically said, that's what, I think that's what the plan was, because when they were courting Tom Brady or when free agency was about to start, oh, they, they, were, they were talking to Jameis, and I think they would have absolutely re-signed Jameis Winston or, or, or at least try to pursue it, because he was a free agent, he could have just left. Uh, and it had the, had the Tom Brady situation fallen through or Tom Brady let them know, hey, I'm not interested. Oh, I totally think they would have re-signed James. And actually, I would have been somewhat okay with that. Um, like I said, I think for another year, because I'm at the point now, I'm like, if you're not going to blow, because my thing was either you sign him for another year and see what you get, or you, my other thing was you blow it up. Yeah. I was ready to go, you know what? Blow it up. And I was even to the point of, and, and nothing against Arians. I think Bruce Arians is a great coach. I was at the point where, if I was the owner of the Bucks, I would make the decision. I love Bruce Arians, but I think we may need to blow this whole thing up because he's not here for the long haul. It's not like Arians is 30 years old. Hey, thanks, Bruce. You did your best. We're, we're going to move on. We're going to get a young coach, young GM, and we're just going to blow this up. Yeah. He I, yeah he's not a restart coach. <laughs> exactly. So I was totally ready for that to happen. But then, obviously, free agency hits, and I think, thank goodness, you know, you know, they have, in my opinion, I think they have the best receiving tandem in the, in the NFL. I don't think you can give me any team that has two better receivers than Godwin and Evans. I, I just don't think there is. There's a lot of teams with one good receiver. I don't think there's any team with two good receivers as Godwin and Evans. Yeah, and I, I think, think the only comparison may be Minnesota. Yeah, maybe they yep. yep, you're right. Um, I, but yeah, I'd still give the edge to Tampa. It's yeah, those they're one, maybe one B. They would not even be a two to any compare any other team that I could think of. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, Chris Godwin, I think, is that he's on the cusp of becoming a superstar. And uh, and and it's exciting to watch. And like I said, I, I think 
And when Tom Brady was looking at the landscape, I think it was an, I think for me it was an easy choice for him. I think he's like, yeah. oh, you know, I, I, I've got weapons, and that's his issue with uh, the Patriots. That, that's why it kind of makes me laugh when people say, now I understand he's 43, I get that, but I, I laugh when they say that he's lost something, his arm strength is not there, you know, he's, his numbers were down. I'm like, yeah, he had nobody. He had no offensive weapons. Yeah. Well, I, I well, you know, our teams are just constantly attached at the hip because I know there was a lot of talk that he was going to go to Tennessee, and um, I'm glad the Titans stuck with Tannehill. It just he fits their offense. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think yeah, and I think obviously with the Rabel Brady connection, I think I think that was a, a logical destination. And look, if he had gone there, I I would get it. That's like I like I said a little bit earlier. That's a great football team. I I think. I think the Buccaneers are close if the defense continues to play like they did at the end of last year. They've locked everybody back down. Uh, they've lost a couple of, of depth linemen, so the seed is gone, and they lost uh, some depth on the line, but they kept everybody. They kept JPP, who, to me, that dude is, is a freak of nature. This guy breaks his back in a car accident. I'm thinking he's going to be out the whole season. He's out half the season, comes back, and plays like a monster. That dude, I am so glad they picked that dude up from the Giants. That was uh, one of the best moves they ever made. And if they continue to play that way, I think it'll help. But I mean, I think they're a step, a couple of steps behind the Titans, obviously for two reasons. One, the Bucks didn't make the playoffs. They should have probably made the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is, the Titans came off an AFC Championship game, so that team is ready to contend to get to the Super Bowl. So if Tom Brady went there, that would totally make sense. But I think you're right. I think I think Rabel, the the general manager, and it's funny because the general manager used to be with the Buccaneers, John Robinson. But uh, I I think they looked at what they had and said. This is working. Well, yeah, and I think Brady fits Tampa's whole philosophy better. I mean, just more of a traditional pocket passer where, you know, Tennessee relies on a lot of bootlegs and motions and an athletic quarterback. And I couldn't even see Tom Brady doing the whole play-action thing all that effectively, just their mindset of football. So I think both franchises it worked out for in this case it's because it fits. You know, Tom Brady's not a mobile quarterback, never has been, so – it had never worked. And just, you know, Tennessee would have had to retool their whole offensive philosophy and system and for a maximum of two years. It, it's I'm very happy with the way this worked out for yours and my team. Cause, you know, that's the kind of offense he can run in Tampa Bay and will do really well. And, my God, Bruce Arians, that was the one caveat I think he was missing, the, the last jewel for his um, Avengers glove. He's, now he's worked with all the biggest ones in the last 15 years of quarterback. So, that's yeah. of riches that guy has. Yeah, I know it's insane, and it's funny because I remember Bruce Arians when he was when he was coordinating the Steelers, and I remember hearing his name and hearing how dynamic his offenses were, and and watching how they played. Because that's it was funny because that's part of the reason why uh, he got let go from Pittsburgh because Ben Roethlisberger was aggressively moving around and getting hurt. So I think they they made a philosophical change. Say, you know what, man, we need to change offenses, man. We need to protect what, which I understand. And with Bruce Arians, he's like, look, I'm cutting everybody out. You got to throw that ball. We're not going to have to, we're not keeping running backs in. We're not keeping people back to, to block. So we're counting on the linemen to do it, and the quarterback's got to be good with the football. Yeah. It's crazy. So now Winston, uh, unlike Mariota, is out there in the market. Now I think there's a couple of reasons. Uh, obviously, with the virus situation, I think that's kind of almost put a lot of things at a standstill, but take that out of the picture, I think 30 interceptions is scaring people off, too. Yeah, and 
and another thing that's killing him is we've never had a free agent quarterback class look anything like this. I mean, Cam Newton doesn't have a job. I mean, two number one drafted quarterbacks in the last 10 years team right now. That's insane. Yeah, that is insane. Um, and, and, of course, we're walking into a really good year for the draft for quarterbacks. So it's – this actually might though be a blessing for Jameis that he can go to a team that fits him really well. Um, everything's about fit. But I don't know. To me, I still think he suffers from – Big college program quarterback problems. I I have this conversation with guys at work all the time when we're talking football. Is if you think about all these starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and then start thinking about the elite quarterbacks, Frank, can you think of any of the elite, your your top five, who were from powerhouse programs? No, that's a great point. I mean, I, I I always have to go back a really long time. Uh, and it's funny. I'll, I'll use a Bucks example, and this is how far back I'm going to go. Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. Uh, University of Miami. I mean, they lost that game at the end. The team that, but that that team was unstoppable, and he was unstoppable as a quarterback, which is why he was drafted uh, as high as he was. But yeah, you know, every well, I always laugh too because you look at the quarterbacks now. On the in the last ten years, there's two quarterbacks that that were worth the pick: Cam Newton who you just mentioned, you can even maybe argue Jameis Winston because he's, he was a five-year starter. Say what you want about his interceptions. He started for five years. He put up a lot of numbers, threw a lot of touchdowns. But even if you take him out, it's Cam Newton and Andrew Luck. Because let me tell you something, Andrew Luck is, and it's, and it's a tragedy that, that he was forced to retire. He put that franchise on his back. Yeah. He, he led that team to double-digit wins when that team was garbage. Like, there is no way that that team should have been in the playoffs when he took a – that team was not good. Yeah, that was Andrew Luck. Assembled, I mean, yeah. Dumpster fire, that might be the best way. I mean, well, who's the GM? Gregson? Yeah. I think that's – I mean, that guy, he's he's, now. he got a new Millen quality right there. And they, yeah, they can and, still win. Yeah. Andrew Luck is 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 and, and it's funny and I, I laugh too because I, I saw the criticism that Andrew Luck would get too. It's kind of almost the same thing. And I know Russell Wilson was a third round pick, and you know I'm I'm a big you know I'm a huge Russell Wilson guy. Uh, anybody who doesn't love that guy? <laughs> yeah. Well, but, well, this, the thing is, it's weird because it, I think I, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame. He oh, resurrected yeah. Pete Carroll's career and the Seahawks franchise on his own. They had a great defense, and they should have won two Super Bowls. They won one and blew the other one. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck is is even more impressive because he had left to work with than Russell Wilson did. And yeah. and he made, and like I said, and it's a tragedy that unfortunately he had to retire, but again, it's Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, and I can't think of anybody else. Because he went yeah, to Stanford, I mean, which is a pretty big, I mean, you know, you know, obviously a uh, a high caliber academic school, but I mean they've they've had good football teams for quite a few years. So I mean I can, I consider them a very good college football program. Yeah, I mean and, I would consider it good, but not great. I mean I'm I'm thinking kind of the last ten years. It's like Alabama. They don't have. I mean, I remember AJ McCarron was the last Alabama quarterback to start an NFL game in something like ten or fifteen years. Some ridiculous number. Yet yep. they're untouchable in college. The one I could the one that really comes to mind recent success is Houston's quarterback, 
Deshaun. Oh, Deshaun. I'm sorry. Deshaun Watson is unbelievable. He's actually got – no, that's a great point. He's got that um, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck quality. And, and, and Houston, first of all – Dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. I don't even know what photographs the coach has of the owner. I, I, that he's still there. He And I know he turned Penn State around after the whole Joe Paterno fiasco, and I think he's a decent football coach, but he is now the coach in the GM, which is pretty much universally a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And then you trade, and then you trade away DeAndre Hopkins. Uh-huh. Why? I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to be very thankful for it because all the moves he is making is helping my guys. Absolutely, and no, for a Titans fan, you you love uh, Bill O'Brien. I just remember saying that. Yeah, you he's your favorite coach. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but poor Deshaun Watson. That first of all, that dude's going to get killed. Yeah, he gets hit so many, and that's why he's impressive. As much as I see that dude get hit, and the plays that he makes are unbelievable. So you're right about that. I I forget about him because of that dumpster fire of Houston. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope for him that he finds another place to go yeah. because I, I don't want to see him go Andrew Luck and have to retire early because he's getting murdered. Yeah. He's going to want out of there when his contract's up. It's just, it's nuts. But yeah, I mean, but, but that's that topic. You think about the best quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Texas tech has never been a power. Um, True. A lot of these guys will come to a team that's, they'll be a good program like a Stanford or something, but they're never that elite team. And that's what I think kills most of these guys, like a Jameis, is the talent they have on their team is so much better than their competition. And, yes, they're in good conferences, but they have such a spoil of talent that they never have to carry a team. That's why you see guys on these little bit smaller programs, maybe that you know that second level, like a Drew Brees who carried Purdue. Purdue, yeah. Really good numbers. And the guys who can do that, those are the guys who are the best in, and make the best pros because they – they're already used to being at a deficit with talent level. Well, now they're on a team with equal talent? Holy crap. Patrick Mahomes is a god. Drew Brees is easily one of the easiest Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame ballot guys there's ever going to be. Pat, oh, my God, Philip Rivers, just those kind of guys who were never on the premier teams but got their teams into good bowl games and stuff. It's Those are the quarterbacks I want on my team. It's I need a guy who can do something, not a guy who can just sort of manage things. No, absolutely. And in 22, because I was thinking another uh, quarterback that came to mind was, was Carson Wentz. Now, yeah. I, know he's had, I know he's had some injury issues, but physically he's, he's super talented. He came from a very small, I think, Iowa State. Is that where he went? I don't remember. South Dakota or North Dakota yeah. State. There you go. I knew it was something. So yeah, I knew it was a – yeah, so a small school. Yeah. And, and One it's, double-A and it's school. Yeah, and I remember, and it's so funny, too, because, you know, even like you say, you and I talking about it as fans, name all the quarterbacks, and you can throw Tom Brady in there. I mean, he went to Michigan. That's a big football school, but he wasn't even the starter half the time. Yeah, and that's not when Michigan was dominant. They were good, but, yeah, it's yeah, but yeah to your point, he was – he split starting. So it's – you know, Tom Brady's just a, a freak. We're, yeah. Our grandkids will never see – another situation like that again so no no it was like like it was like watching michael jordan back in the day i mean yeah it's it's there's everybody else and then there's michael jordan and yeah. same thing with tom brady there's everybody else 
and there's a lot of great quarterbacks, like you said, that we've named, but it's just, yeah, that he's just a freak of nature, absolutely, and hopefully he continues to be one for the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's crazy, you know, but, I, you know, we, we name all these quarterbacks that come from smaller schools, and when Carson Wentz was coming out, that's all the questions you hear, these, these drafts. That's why I don't even watch the NFL draft because it actually irritates me. <laughs> and I'm not a draft. I know some people are draft heads. I love football. There's two things about football that I hate. The draft and preseason football <laughs> and the Pro Bowl. You can add that too. I'll never watch any of those. The only time, the last time I watched the draft, Chad, was when the Bucks picked James Winston. Oh man! If, when they have the number one pick, I'll watch because guess what? Within 15 minutes, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm with you on the Pro Bowl and preseason, but I love the draft. No, yeah, a lot of people do. And look, and look, the draft's ratings are probably better ratings than a Stanley Cup final game. And I'm not even exaggerating. No, I know people love the draft, and people get into it. And I just literally – it's weird because I love football so much. I, I've just never gotten into – like, I'll follow who the books are maybe looking at, but I just – it just it's weird. It's never interested me. I find it not – I just care about Sunday. Did you get good players? Let me see what they do on Sunday. That's literally all I care about. <laughs> see, as a Titans fan, and before that an Oilers fan, this is the best time of year where I have the highest levels of hope. Well, true. Um, so, yeah, because yeah, I've been with this team since, what, 1981. So I'm kind of used to disappointment. But in April, it's all good. So that's I think that's when I'm my most engaged. No, no, I like five or six. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, look, look, I've been a Bucks fan since 1979. So I'm yeah. with you. And I've been through – look, let's, let's bring up a, a, a beautiful stat. This should make you actually feel better. At least the Oilers had some glory. They were good for a little while. The Bucks have a .387 winning percentage. This number's been thrown around a lot since Tom Brady has signed. Like, why would he sign? That's a franchise. That's the worst winning percentage of any, not just football franchise, Chad, any North American sports franchise. Thank you very much. That's, that's what I've lived through. So, like I said, the fact that I got to watch the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win a Super Bowl, believe me, I am beyond grateful. And, and and if they never do it again, it would be sad, but at least I had one. And, and I am grateful. The, and that's where it is because <laughs> – and I know oh, not, not to be a pity party. That's the one thing I just – I can't go back and see because the Oilers have one title, the original AFL title in 1960. Right. And I don't even think there's any footage of that one. So <laughs> – not a lot to kind of hang your hat on, um, but I mean, good teams, but never that one like to just finally get over the hump, just get that one yard further. I know. Uh, I mean, I remember, I remember watching that game with you, man. That was a heartbreaker. It's so funny too because it was so, it was so close. It was the same time and not the same level because your team went to the Super Bowl. Mine had the opposite issue when they lost that heartbreaker to the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, and uh, that nine nothing, that nine nothing game where where the Bucks defense just completely, and 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 it's not heartbreaking because I take some solace in the fact where two things went wrong: the Bert Emanuel catch that they called not a catch, and yeah. the but the thing that I overthink when I thought about it again, it's like the thing that I loved about that game was that nobody gave a of the Bucks a chance to stop that offense, and they completely shut that offense down. Yeah, when it was at its height. You know, it was that one damn Ricky Purple catch. <laughs> yep. Uh, brutal. But, uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, I remember watching that Super Bowl with you and just that great Titans team, you know, Eddie George and Steve McNair and that great defense and, and, and just 
they really that was a great football team. So I get it. So that's why when when the Bucks win, because I knew when the Bucks went that year, I'm like, look, I'll, I'm glad they're there. I just want them to win, not because of anything, but because I know how hard it is to get there. So um, that's why I was glad they were able to do it because I'm like, because I said back way back then, I'm like, they may never even get, forget about even winning another one. They may never even go back. Yeah. So I'm I'm forever grateful as a fan that I got to at least experience that once. So hopefully you'll get to do that as well because it's, it, it is, it is, there is nothing like it when you, when you have a city and especially when I was happened to be in Tampa when this happened, I was living there instead of Orlando. So there's, there's, it's weird. I didn't realize just there's nothing like it. Like there's nothing like it. So hopefully you'll get to experience that, you know, since you've been following that team that long. So that'd be cool. And like I said, I was pulling for him. I wanted him to make it. I was pulling for the Titans because I got nobody in the AFC. And I was like, man, hope your boys make it. Yeah. I'm hoping they can uh, just carry on where they left off. But hopefully Tannehill could do that. Maybe we'll see a Tannehill Brady Super Bowl. That'd be all right. Oh, that'd be phenomenal. I would love that. That'd be, uh, That'd be a, that'd be a great Super Bowl. I, I love it. And the thing is, and I think you know the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. Yep. So if they even look, if they even get there, even if they lose, I mean they'll be the first one. They'll be the first team to host. Which you know every year we always look. Oh, let's see if that happens. And of course, which makes me paranoid because the odds of that are very low. Even with oh, yeah, you, that, that almost has to be a killer for you right there. That's that's yeah. Yeah, that's your so I'm, cover right there. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not that thrilled it's in Tampa. I mean, it's exciting because the game's there, but I'm like, ooh, that's probably not going to bode well for the Buccaneers. But maybe <laughs> it'll bode well for the Titans. But, yeah, so hopefully we'll see that happen. So what do you think, you know, Mariota signed? Do you think Jameis will get signed at some point? Oh, yeah. He's – I think one of the things that really killed him, not just the interceptions, is the contracts that he was talking about at the end of the season. He, you know, it was somewhere like $30 million contract and I don't I don't know if it was what he intended but just you know when talking to people you know interviews like did you see what I just did yeah 5,000 yards is amazing dude but maybe if you threw him I don't know a dozen or so less interceptions you wouldn't have had to throw for nearly that many yards trying to claw back so many games so I think it was kind of a combination of mistakes and I don't think he had been humbled yet and I think he's getting that right now but Let's be honest. He is too talented to not get a shot somewhere. Yeah, and no, you're right, and I agree with you. And I think, and here's the thing where where Mariota and and Jameis I think are exactly the same because you take away the the the, the situations in college and in the Uber incident with the Buccaneers, and I think that, and I've you know read some other columnists, I think that has a lot to do with kind of the souring more than people reported because he wasn't forthright with the organization about that incident happening. I do think in his defense that he has grown a lot. I know he's married. He just got married. He has a child. But one thing that has been said about him since the day he walked into that building when he was drafted was the dude is the hardest working dude there, there before everybody gets there, there after everybody leaves. And, and, and I saw that proven when the Bucks signed Tom Brady. If you notice – there was basically almost social media silence. No Buck players made any comments about Brady signing. Like, and a lot of that was due to, I think ESPN confirmed that they, they reached out to some of the players. They're like, look, we're, we're excited to have Tom Brady, but Jameis was my boy. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to be too happy about that out of respect for him. So that tells me a lot right there with all the struggles that he's had. I think he did have the respect. And now I'm sure obviously some people in that locker room were frustrated with the turnovers, but they knew that he wanted to win and he outworked everybody and worked hard at his craft. 
I just think it's something inherently that he has to fix regarding the interception. So I think him, just like Mariota, same thing. I think Mariota is a head-down guy, gets to work, gets stuff done. So I think in that respect, they're both the same. I think they both command a lot of respect, which is good to see. And I think that was never Jameis's problem, working hard or, or you know, being smart about football. I mean, speaking of Stanford, I mean, he turned down a scholarship to Stanford to go to Florida State. So he's not an idiot. You know, he's a smart guy. So I do think you're right. I think he's too talented. I think, and if they weren't so high on, on that, the back was a Taysom Hill or whatever the guy's name, I think he should go to, even though it's in division, I think he should go to New Orleans and back up Drew Brees. Because Drew Brees has got a couple of seasons left. Drew Brees, I would like to learn from Drew Brees how to play quarterback. Yeah. And Sean Payton, I think, is probably going to coach for a while. He's still pretty young. I think he's going to coach for a long time. So if Drew Brees is out after two years and Jameis Winston can stay there for two years and learn from Drew Brees, I think that would be good for him. And he knows that division. And Jameis knows all the defenses in that division and knows all the teams in that division. That's where I think he should go. That would be a good fit. I like that one. Yeah. You know, with his talent, there's not a coach who's made it to the NFL who doesn't think he can who he can't fix a player. I mean, they're all going to like like well, if he was with me, I'd you know I'd have made him an All Pro. So. And Sean Payton has got an ego. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So Sean Payton, yeah, to your point, he's definitely one of those coaches that goes, I can fix this guy. I can fix yeah. him. And, and he they, might they've be right. taken flyers on some guys. Um, yeah. Even Andy Reid. Because um, they've taken guys who've had some character background blemishes. Um, you need that coach who's been there for a while really ingrained into him a few things. And who knows? Maybe that LASIK eye surgery make make a huge difference for him. Yeah, I don't absolutely. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. And like I said, I, I'm kind of the same way as you. I think, you know, I don't, you know, Jameis. Like I said, it, it, I believe me. I, I wanted it to work out. I didn't want. To, I would have been very happy with the Bucks going. We don't need Tom Brady because we have Jameis Winston. Yeah. I don't. I. I. You know, it's cool that Tom Brady's here. But I didn't want that to happen. I wanted them. I wanted them to sign him to a long-term extension because he had 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, and they made the playoffs, and they're in the right direction. That's that's what I wanted. Because yeah. uh, even when you have Tom Brady coming in, as exciting as that is, you're you're still kind of starting over. And there's no there's unknowns. His age, injuries, every season is different. So I mean, even as excited as I am about Tom Brady, that doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah, and it's it's definitely short term. This is not this, you're not going to build your future on built around him. Nope. Without having to do a reset in maybe two, three years at the most. Absolutely. Because you're not going to find another Tom Brady in the draft. He does not exist. So you're nope. you're talking a philosophical change again. You know, you're going to probably at that point, Aaron's probably going to be gone. Yep. No Brady. It's. Yeah, you're going to be doing a reset here real soon. So. Yeah, no, I know it's coming. Live so it up. Why, yeah, that's why I want to enjoy the ride. So hopefully, like I said, he can stay healthy and they can continue to improve. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, these, these two quarterbacks, man, it's been it's been a crazy ride. I mean, it was, you know, it's so funny how different they are but alike in the sense of how their careers have kind of gone. It's just like we've both seen them perform at super high levels. Uh, and Mariota to the greater extent if you want to talk about playoffs because obviously James didn't get into the playoffs at all. But even with that, just spectacular play from both of these quarterbacks and then just spectacular lows for both of them. It's, yeah. it's crazy how alike they are. For guys who can't be more opposite, they are just 
perfectly parallel career paths. It's ridiculous. But no, you're right. I think it's I think that's the frustrating part. I think if if you combined Mariota's steady hand and coolness with Jameis's swagger and and physical talent, then I think yeah, you have you would have uh, an unstoppable quarterback. Yeah, but it's like that girlfriend that's just tantalizingly close. That you know, on again, off again. It just both of us think our franchises are better off. You know, take the bandit off, cut it loose. It's just you got to move on. Yeah, it, it sucks. It, yeah, especially when it's, it's your favorite player. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it sucks. Yeah, exactly. We, you know the most important position, and like I said, I hope I hope Jameis uh, finds success. So like I said, hopefully he doesn't go to New Orleans. Even though I think that's the best spot for him. Hopefully he goes somewhere out west where I don't have to see him unless they go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but uh, I hope he does right? well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it's crazy. But yeah, no, it's 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 definitely been a ride with them. And like I said, it, it's been crazy. But like I said, hopefully. Both of our teams will, will be moving on in, in, in a positive direction and hopefully making deep playoff runs. At least my team, your team's already made one, but hopefully they take that next step, one more game. Frank, think back a year. I mean, and this this is what's making my head spin right now. Twelve months ago, if you would have told me I would be thrilled that Ryan Tannehill is leading the Titans franchise, I may have had to end our friendship at that point. <laughs> well, no, it's so funny you say that because if you would have if you would have said, Frank, I'm going to bet you a million dollars that Tom Brady will be the new quarterback of the Buccaneers after next season, I'd be like, I'll take that bet. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> or just, so it, to see a city light up about a 43-year-old quarterback coming to your franchise. <laughs> that's a, exactly. That's absurd. <laughs> it is absurd. It is absurd. It's no look, and and I understand the absurdity of it. And again, this goes back to, you know, who Tom Brady is and kind of yeah. kind of the freak that he is. Because yeah, exactly. Well, here here's the thing. There's two people right now that I would uh, equate Drew Brees, like if Drew Brees, because Drew Brees was going to potentially he was a free agent, but he ended up resigning with New Orleans. But if, if they told me that Drew Brees wanted to come to Tampa, uh, yes, please. Uh huh. Yes, please. Um, Philip Rivers, not so much. Philip Rivers, to me, uh, super talented, super competitive. I know he's a, I know he's one of the biggest trash talkers in the league, apparently too. He talks a lot of shit without saying any uh, bad words, too. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah, he does. It. Yeah, yeah, he won't do it. So which makes him creative. So, I, and I, I, I mean, I'm a fan of his. I just think he's just, I think he's a notch below to me. And I'm interested to see what he does in Indianapolis. I think that might be a good fit for him there. I mean, it's an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. I would agree, uh, but I, I'm interested to see how he's going to do because he did the other. The only thing is, in my, why the Chargers didn't go, he threw a lot of picks too yeah. last year, a lot, and I think he was driving Anthony Lynn crazy. Yeah, I think that's he, why. Yeah, I, I was surprised the Colts really wanted him because I yeah I saw this is I thought he would have just stopped after this year because I could see sort of that the talent level was just dipping. He, I mean, he. He's been carrying that franchise forever. Absolutely. Just, I mean, he'll have a great offensive line, but, man, the Colts' receivers are kind of a mess. And I know this is a great year to have that problem with this draft, but now with no number one pick and no offseason, that's going to be a challenge. And I love Phillip Rivers. It's Of the three quarterbacks in that draft, that was my guy because I still cannot stand Eli Manning, even though he's gone. But <laughs> it's – yeah, I, that one is – that's going to be a tough one because I, I think he's – this is going to be one of those ones they're talking about, yeah, he probably should have retired. 
Yeah, I don't know, and we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe this is something where you know, look, he's super competitive, and oh yeah, assuming he's healthy, and and they can keep him upright, uh, and and you can, and actually, I'm not even sure about this because I don't watch him play that much. He's not super mobile, is he? Oh God, he's horrible. Okay, but, I, I thought so. I, I don't watch. I don't, you know, obviously, I don't watch any Chargers games. I know Philip Rivers is great, but I never, I don't watch enough to even know if he has even slight mobility. So he's like Tom Brady then. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a lot like Dan Marino. Can't move, but it's almost impossible to get to him. Right, right. A lot, so, a lot of that. So hopefully he's inspired there. I think, I think you know, like I said, I mean, for the Colts, it's an upgraded quarterback. Even if he struggles, I mean, look, they, they, they were looking to upgrade at that position, and he's, he's an upgrade. He's definitely an upgrade. But to yeah. your point, what, what does that mean? Does it, does it, you know, again, it's the same issue that, you know, with Tom Brady or even Drew Brees saying, I mean, yeah. these guys are old. And, you know, looking from the Colts' perspective, coming into the draft, they weren't going to get one of the top three. So, you know, Phillip Rivers or Jordan Love, because, you know, Jordan Love could be the next Jameis. It's, yeah, he might throw you 40 touchdowns, but, God, how many interceptions is this guy going to throw? So, yeah, I mean, I get why the Colts did it. I just hate that he went to the Colts, because I really like Phillip Rivers. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Just Nobody in the AFC South is, I, I can't stand except for my guys, so. Yeah, no, he's fun to watch. Like I said, uh, when the few times I've gotten to see him, and like I said, I know he's played at a high level for a long time. Look, the Chargers got rid of Drew Brees to to have him there, and and, and I, I understand why. He, I mean, he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, definitely franchise quarterback. So hopefully, he's got some more in him, you know. Except when they play the Titans, of course. Exactly. Those two games, <laughs> he can suck. The rest of them. Exactly. Because <laughs> got a bunch of guys. So it's like, come on, man. <laughs> exactly. Help you through all those six in the Titans games. Yes, please. <laughs> so before we wrap it up, I want to get your thought. I mean, I didn't want to get too much, like I said, the, the virus situation that we all know about. But as it relates to football, what do you think is going to happen? I'm I'm not sure. You know, obviously we don't even know how long the social distancing and the quarantining is going to last. So how do you think football – I mean, obviously the draft's going to be done online since it's coming up in two weeks. What do you think is going to happen? Because I think OTAs are pretty much done. And I'm not even sure about the preseason. What do you think is going to happen? It was so much up in the air. I mean, you'll see one report where, you know, it sounds like things are starting to level out and it's, you know, we're going to get back to normal. It's, I, I have no doubt we're getting back to normal. This is going to be a memory before we know it. It's just how soon can we get back to normal? But, you know, I see videos of guys pushing trucks up hills in preparation for this stuff. So I, I think the teams with a lot of continuity – are going to be at such an advantage because it's going to get delayed. Everybody's going to be super cautious, and we need to be um, before you can get organized. But I can guarantee you, the NFL is going to want to stick to their, you know, their, their timelines as much as humanly possible. So it's, you know, these teams were, with some big overhauls or upheavals, it's going to be a struggle. It's, you know, a lot of teams, you know, first four weeks or so, it's almost going to be like a second preseason. They're kind of getting used to each other and getting that rhythm. It's it's gotta be a weird season, I think. Um, no, I think that's. I think you're absolutely correct. I think you're right. I think the teams that have uh, stability in both the coaching and the players, so established teams like your team, the Titans, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though Roethlisberger is coming back from injury, uh, teams that are well established, I think are going to have a super advantage uh, with this truncated off season. I think you're absolutely right. I think the teams with new coaches. Uh, like your Clevelands and, 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 and teams that have replaced coaches are going to be kind of behind the eight ball. Even teams like the Buccaneers that are working a new quarterback into their offense because they're going to, you know, 
I don't think they're going to make wholesale changes to the offense. I think all these people are talking about Tom Brady and having to change a lot. I don't think they're going to change too much. They're going to incorporate what he does well, I'm sure. But uh, but even with that, though, it's, it's getting timing with receivers, kind of things like that. Are, they're going to be kind of at a disadvantage. I agree with you. Yeah. And the one thing, speaking about the draft, even though I talk about my dislike for the draft, I think – and I'm kind of happy the NFL made the decision to kind of keep everything free agency, not push everything back. Because I'll tell you what, it was kind of nice to look at free agency. Now, free agency, I'm a fan of. I'm not a fan of the draft. I love free agency. Not even because the Bucks were involved with the Tom Brady situation. It's fun to see where players are going to end up going. That part I think is fun. I love free agency. Yeah. So the fact that they had that going on in the middle of this pandemic was kind of cool. It was kind of nice to take my mind off of it. It's it, and it was fun. So I think the, I think the NFL has kind of been doing this the right way, kind of going, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna soldier on. We're gonna make adjustments, obviously, due to what's going on. But uh, it's been kind of a cool distraction. I think you know, even with the draft being online, I probably will watch it, or at least kind of peek in more than I normally would in any other year. So even with that, I think the NFL is doing the right thing by moving forward with the draft, even though there's going to be uh, obviously some kind of barriers and limitations to what they can do. But I think uh, the NFL has been a nice, at least for me, a nice break from kind of all the craziness that's going on. No, it's, it's a godsend to just have some semblance of normalcy. It's been fantastic. I mean, yeah, I mean, our show focusing on racing, it's not happening anywhere globally. So it's it's been unique for us. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a surprise that people – racing racing simulator games it's being broadcast on now on tv and stuff and it's just it's exploded and as absurd as it is it's just nice to get back to things that you like and enjoy and just feel like okay it's not so different i can yeah i'm looking at the same four walls all the time but anything that kind of can distract you from this and take your mind off of it even for just a little bit it's we all need it it's the news is nuts can't stand the news anymore no, I agree. I mean, I, uh, my wife has been watching it way more than me. And I, I mean, not that I don't watch it. I mean, I watch the news a lot because, uh, you know, I'm always into the politics as well. So it, it interests me in that respect. But I've even kind of weaned myself off of it for a little bit, or at least I've limited myself. I definitely still watch it, but really limited myself. And it's it's been great to do that because, like I said, I, I, I come in to, to kind of be updated on things and kind of get back out and then do other things, whether it's a podcast or following football you know, what's going on in, 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 in the sports world even, even how it's affecting the sports world. Because even kind of watching that, it's still not as, as intense as uh, the political stuff. But it's, uh, it's you're right, it's great to see kind of people having unique ways to have distractions. And, and with my little kids, it's fun, you know, drawing chalk outside the, on the sidewalk and trying to be creative and, and keeping them engaged and not, you know, going stir crazy. So, yeah, I definitely think stuff like football and, and other distractions, like you said, racing, anything else that – Anything else in sports uh, that can um, help people kind of take their mind off of it, I think, is is a important thing. Yeah, agreed. It's it's a blessing, man. It's I can't wait for us to get get through this phase. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, all right, man. I think the, this has been a good discussion about all things football and other sports. Uh, before we wrap it up, though, I want you to tell everybody about your podcast again and where they can uh, listen to it and find it. Yeah, thanks. It's called Sports Car Unleashed. We are on Facebook under Sports Car Unleashed, Instagram, Twitter. It's all Sports Car Unleashed. It's three Yahoos talking about sports car racing. Love it. And yeah, like Frank says, we talked to, we have interviews with drivers, team owners. Last week's show, we actually interviewed the president of the series, talking about you know how the schedules have been constantly in flux, the the this uprising of internet racing on racing simulators and video games. It's uh, we have a lot of fun and crack a lot of jokes so if you like it's just a nice opinion show on 
things that we love that distract us. Outstanding. And, and, and everybody out there, check the show out. If, you, if you're into racing in any kind of way, uh, these guys have, have built this podcast from, from basically a couple of guys talking about stuff to uh, a point where, uh, you know, I think other podcasts will be envious. They've, they've, they've gotten themselves in, in, and I would dare to say, basically their credentialed media as a podcast, which is kind of every podcast dream when you're covering some kind of sport. So uh, these guys have really done that, and you're going to get good information, good interviews. So definitely if, uh, if racing is something that you're even, you know, passively interested in, and especially in these times where we are sitting at home, check these guys out. I think you'll, uh, you'll, you'll enjoy what you hear. So, again, Chad, thanks, man. I think these shows have been great. It's kind of going to be a bummer that uh, Winston and Mary Field aren't on our teams anymore, so maybe we'll do something a little bit different. Maybe after next season we'll see how what happens with both of them and maybe kind of do a, a shorter version of it since they'll be on teams that we don't care about. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's, it's been a great topic. I can't wait for the next one. So, thank you. thanks for having me on. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it, Chad. Thank you for listening to the show. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting app, please take a moment to rate and review. This is a quick and easy way you can help the show attain a higher profile in searches when people are seeking out new podcasts. Another way you can help raise the profile of the Proc Podcast if you enjoyed what you heard or you think a friend might like it is to share the episode on your social media. This is another easy way that other people can find this podcast. The show is available on the following podcasting apps, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. Episodes can also be downloaded directly from the website at www.letmebendyourear.com. If you want to email the show, that email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening, and I hope everyone has a great week.